And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Oh, this film's so romantic. Oh, the Prime Minister's trying to sleep with one of the women that works for him after calling her fat. Oh, the writer's trying to sleep with the woman he's hired to cook for him, even though they've never had a conversation. Oh, look, she's trying to sleep with her boss, and he likes it, so he's going to be nicer to her than he is to his own wife, because she's younger. <laughs> oh, even though he's barely spoken to his best friend's wife, he's telling her that he loves her, while his friend's only a few metres away, and she's only about 17. So romantic. Just makes you feel so Christmassy. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, December 19th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory and alongside me, as always, Tess Mellis. Podcast listeners, it's for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button and subscribe. We are inching our way closer and closer to 100,000 subs. Will we get there by Christmas? No. Will we get there by New Year's? Probably not. Soon in 2024, I'd like to think we'll get there. Maybe by the All-Star break. Before the All-Star break. Trade deadline's going to be big. Oh, yeah. Help us out, though. Let's get to 100K. Uh, and if you're looking for some, some fun Christmas garments, go to nodunks.com. Because we got two beauties for you. The Ho 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 Dunks, featuring our very own Trey Kirby as Santa. The coolest Santa you'll ever see. You can get that one. And maybe you don't like green, maybe you're a red guy. I forgot about this one, the Christmas wedgie design that we have. That's nice. It's pretty with the little snow caps there on the No Dunks on the back of that one. So go to nodunks.com if you're, uh, again, looking for some... Some Christmas clothes or maybe a last-minute gift. <laughs> some Christmas clothes. <laughs> yeah. Some Christmas shoes. I thought you were uh, going <laughs> Eric Collins mode there for a second, Skeets. Two beauties! <laughs> I should have. Uh, all right, we got uh, some fun topics. Okay, we've seen the shirt long enough, J.D. That is uh, a nice one, though. Yeah, it is very nice. Um, <laughs> Hair? <laughs> Haircut. Did you? I mean, well, I mean, since that picture was taken <laughs> oh. four years ago. Oh, okay, fair. I thought maybe you got one, uh, you know, yesterday. Uh, no, the day of the No Dugs holiday dinner, I had to freshen up. Oh, okay. Yeah. You looked great. Thanks, you too. Uh, we got some uh, all-star votes to talk about. It's the uh, official start of NBA all-star voting. Can you believe it? Already. So no. we'll do that later in the show. No? You're not I thought ready? it was earlier last year. Was it? Surprisingly, it went a little later. I thought it was the 11th of December. Did you fact check that? I thought it would just be earlier and earlier. No, I didn't uh, fact okay. check it. Okay. Just got it, just got it saved. Uh, we also have learned that Mac McClung has been extended an invitation to defend his dunk title. We'll debate whether or not 
that should be allowed. <laughs> He's in the G League. But anyway, we'll get to that later. Let's get to some uh, drafting of last night's games. Mm-hmm. There were 11 games on. We can't get to every single one. So we'll do a draft. Tass, you got the number one pick you can pick from any game from last night. What are you going to start with? We're going to start with Clippers and Pacers. I stole it from Trey Kirby, actually, when, <laughs> when we had it in the document. I didn't realize uh, that Trey had it. But why the heck? Shouldn't we start with the Clippers scoring 150 points? The Pacers have allowed 150 points three times in this season already. Um, but it was Harden who set it off in the fourth quarter because he had 21 of his in the fourth quarter. Kawhi asked about it after the game. He said, it was fun to watch. You know, like Kawhi would say it. That was a delight to see Harden hit eight threes. Harden is the third option on this team almost feels like his OKC days way back in the day. It goes Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, you come off the bench, we're going to the finals. Can this Clippers team go to the finals? He got it going. He hit that snow angel after he hit a three in the, <laughs> in the fourth quarter. You guys like that oh, when he hits yeah. a three? Of course. Camera got right in his face, so a beard got right in the camera. Uh, he liked doing that. Uh, like scream to it. And he, he was literally doing a snow angel. On the court. <laughs> what angel, I guess. Yeah, Harden was hilarious. It was like he knew the camera was right there, so he just kept shooting step backs right in front of the camera. He hit one prior to yeah. the snow angel, too, that was right there. He's like, if this happens again, I'm falling down. I'm getting two celebrations for one. And yeah, Kawhi a little uh, sedate post game, but that guy was hyped when yeah. Harden was yep. hitting. You saw Russ. He brought back the cooking celebration yep. for James Harden. Yep. This team has good vibes right now. It definitely has good vibes. There's absolutely no doubt. And if you play the Indiana Pacers, you're going to score uh, a lot of points. <laughs> yeah. they've, they've hit, eight, they've got eight straight wins. Uh, our old friend Raph Lawler, who probably made made up the term wedgie, mm-hmm. since we're Christmasing wedgie right now, he went on Twitter after the game because he just retired as the, the color or the. Um, Play-by-play band of the Clippers. He said, Harden went for 35 and his doubters have been silenced. Uh, Listen, they they were (laughs) No, they haven't. Not at all. I'm still quite loud, Ralph. You believe in this team? Come playoff time? I mean, mean, we're just going to do this. this, Goalposts are moving. Do this again? We're just all going to do this again. What does that mean? Explain that. Well, I mean, like you were dunking on the Clippers for their poor point differential when James Harden started. He said, give me a 10-game window. He was terrible. And now that he's been balling for the past 11 games, everybody's saying wait till the playoffs. But you have to with this team. Well, of course you have to. You have to, to with Kawhi, Paul, George, because they'll be injured. So what, and they then, should uh, just skip the season? No, no. You but celebrate I'm, like, them while they're great, man. Okay. Give them their flowers. Uh, okay, they're 16 and 10. They're, they're not even close to the they best team straight. in the league. You really, truly will bank on this team? No. Okay, <laughs> so just like, all right, good job. It was fun. That was definitely fun. When he's got 18 straight going, and it's like you see the bench going, oh, he's going to take another step back. Oh, he's going to take another step back. And he's hitting them. Of course, that's a blast. Do your wood angels. But uh, it's just, the, I just call them, I, I, I titled it the Clippers conundrum because you can choose to get excited about it because it looks amazing right now. But will you be come April and May? And will it, we just go through it, this again? It happens every single year with the Clippers and Kawhi and Paul George. Everybody gets excited and and finally you got to start to realize this guys aren't going to be healthy however this is a feels a little different in that Kawhi has played every single game this season there's no load management happening he's playing every game he looks healthy if he was able to play in that full phoenix sun series last year when he looked awesome i thought he was the best player in the freaking playoffs the first two games then bang he gets injured uh that would have been different obviously james harden has the third option also very different mm-hmm. in that he's not the sort of the one-two with Joel Embiid like he was with the Sixers last season. So the the recipe is somewhat there. Are they big enough? I mean, they can 
hang with anybody in the Western Conference. I think that's fair. The way they look right now, and Paul George, you know, it's a quiet 27 that he had yesterday. Yeah. He's averaging 35 in his last five against the Pacers. He likes playing the Pacers. <laughs> they're, they're all quiet scorers. I like Russ coming off the bench. The Russ-Harden thing at times doesn't work all that well when they're sort of one-two. But, yeah, they, they're buying into Ty Lue. Absolutely. They're playing hard. And in this game, we're just throwing it up there. But it, it is a little wild that the Pacers continue to be. This could be the worst defensive team in NBA history. They're almost yeah. they're almost there at 350-point games. They're actually 1-4 uh, and four since their in-season tournament run. They're 7-12 and 12 in games outside in-season tournament games <laughs> after going 6-0. and 0. That's awesome. <laughs> it's very, very strange. And, and Carlisle talked about it after the game. He said, we've got a huge target on our backs as in-season tournament winners. That's totally true. Um, and so does Halliburton. What I like about the Clippers' starting lineup is that Terrence Mann is their starting point guard, and he can play defense. Halliburton had a quiet night uh, in this one. They went right after him. So the Clippers, yeah, I think especially against a, a Pacers team that's not great defensively. Of course, they're gonna they're gonna be great, and they don't have incredible huge uh, players. Clippers, I think, might be a little too small, but anyway, good so far. They've got three big games coming up here. The Clippers do because they've had a fairly easy schedule. Depends how you feel about the Warriors, who they played a couple times. Did have a nice win against the Nuggets, but then some very bad teams. I guess they beat the Kings as well. So there's some good ones in there, but they have the Mavericks in Dallas on Wednesday. Then it's a back-to-back situation. You guys said it. Kawhi's playing through these. They play OKC on that Thursday night. And then, right before Christmas, they play Boston. Uh, Now, they're at home for that game. Boston undefeated right now, currently in their own barn. But those are three really good teams. And and look, if they extend this streak to 11, you know, the, the cheers for this team and people being convinced that, wow, this is different, will get louder and louder. But, yeah, they're just a... They're kicking ass right now, though it helps when you play the Pacers. No doubt. Oh, yeah. Rick Carlisle said we're practicing today. (laughs) We're taping up and we're practicing hard because it's just too easy to score on this team right now. Yeah, they're 30th in payroll, so obviously the in-season tournament games really meant something uh, to this team. And Carlisle's totally right. Once they surprised everybody, made a run to the finals you got to get up for a Pacers game. And if you get up for a Pacers game, there's a chance you could score 150 on them. But... If Kawhi's playing like this come playoff time, they've absolutely got a chance because the playoffs tend, I feel like, uh, to trend smaller as time goes on. You know, centers don't play quite as much unless you're a Jokic and Embiid or a Giannis, really. So they'll probably be even built better uh, for playoff basketball, except for, of course, you know, <laughs> the question marks uh, from their bearded man. 40-point <laughs> <laughs> games here! Five-point games here. That's right. But they're they're relying on him way less. And Kawhi has asserted himself as the absolute man. And after the 10-game window for James Harden, he's shooting 51 from the field, 51 from three, and 90 from the free throw line. So they have figured out how to actually play together. I thought there was so many great three-man actions involving Paul George, Kawhi, and James Harden. Zubats was eaten last night because they just can find him. He was even making plays, passing the ball. Great stuff from the Clippers. Okay. Clippers they, off they, the board. They used to look like statues when those three played together at the Absolutely. beginning of this. Somehow putting these three guys together, but now yeah, they're they're, they're glue. And James Harden only had eight shot attempts going into the fourth quarter. He was kind of having a quiet night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's what can happen with this team because Kawhi is clearly their number one guy, and he is playing like Kawhi Leonard 
did in the playoffs there real quickly, and then Paul George is your number two and James Harden, he can have a quiet night. It literally is like the OKC days way back in the day, but you can turn it on a little bit. Really, this is going to be their fifth time with Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs if they make it. He was only healthy really for one of those times, and and they lost that 3-1 Doc Rivers run. And then he got hurt every single year. So, yeah, we're just, we are looking at a different Kawhi. As we talked about yesterday, it's the first time he's playing every single game since his Spurs days. So, hopefully, it's a different Kawhi. All right, let's go to the number two pick, drafting from last night's games. Trey Kirby, you're up. Yeah, we posted about uh, the Sixers' historical point differential yesterday. Yeah. Had a lot of Celtics fans in the comments saying they're only beating up on tomato cans. (laughs) Sixers can't actually beat good teams. And it turns out, Celtics fans are totally right (laughs) because the Sixers couldn't beat the Bulls last night, and obviously the Bulls are a good team. Here's what I think happened. Joel Embiid has forgotten how to play fourth quarter. I think you're right. Hadn't played in the fourth since December 8th against the Hawks. Had an easy 36 points uh, through three quarters uh, against the Bulls last night, 14 to 23 from the field. He was dominant in the third quarter, 13 points on six of nine shots. Very nice, and it was all easy, like... If, it was a, if they laid off him, jumper. If they came up on him, a dunk. Uh, but in the fourth quarter, only four points for Embiid on one of five field goal shooting and got completely stoned at the rim by Kobe White on the final play uh, offensively for the Sixers. The credit actually should go to the Bulls' defense, I think, late in this one, especially on that final possession. Caruso sticking with Maxi, fighting over the screens. He made it tough on him all night. Vooch is moving out there. He's at least in the right spot to contain the pick and roll. Kobe White helps onto Embiid after the pocket pass. Vooch is there to recover. Seeing red in the lane. DeMar DeRozan finished things off with the board skeets. And yeah, I did my part. I was in my stance. Sliding my feet. There you go. And it absolutely worked <laughs> last night, Skeetsy. Oh, great stuff. Tip of the Carhartt. My guy, Big Vooch. Two threes in the last three minutes last night. He was pretty physical with Embiid. Just a balanced scoring night uh, for the Bulls. They had six guys in double digits. Meanwhile, the Sixers had Embiid going. 40 points for him. Maxi had 29, though he kind of got outplayed, yeah. I thought despite having a really good fourth quarter. But the rest of the team, the rest of the Sixers had 35 points on 37 shots, and Kelly Oubre, I thought, was kind of having to take a lot of important shots, and he did not have it going at all last night. So first loss of the season for the 76ers to a team without a winning record, and the Bulls have won six of their last nine. They beat the Bucks twice. They beat the Heat. They beat the Sixers. They out-executed Philadelphia last night. Pretty impressive. Oh, man. I can't believe they're still 11 and 17. I guess that illustrates how poorly the Bulls started. Because <laughs> I was like, start. we must be getting close to a Bulls are back here from TK. But a little bit of a mountain still to climb to get back to 500. But awesome victory. Anything to add to that one, Tess? They're so close to that play-in tournament. They're so close to it. It could happen. <laughs> You're already looking at that? <laughs> well, I thought that they would probably be in there because of how up and down these teams are. And that the Raptors are four games under 500. But they're still in the play-in season standings, which is wild. Um, Kobe White is just incredible that he's grown this much. He has truly grown as a basketball player here in year number five. This is clearly his best run, starting games now. And without Zach Levine, they just know what they're doing. Every single possession, it feels like. Uh, And everybody is sharing the ball. And I am a little bit worried about Joel Embiid since we're talking about Injury status, if a guy will be healthy come playoffs, that is something that Joel Embiid 
last year was, was was fine in that he was fairly healthy, but year to year he does get uh, he does get injured when it comes to playoff time, and he is you know, one of the biggest names sitting games just to get rest. There aren't too many of them. We talked about Celtics. There's Porzingis. There's Horford. There's Chris Middleton for the Bucks and Joel Embiid. Those are the only guys that are coming off the top of my head as guys who truly sit. So that's a little scary. Uh, but yeah, the Sixers just didn't have any support. 14 of 37 outside uh, their their big two. Uh, but I thought Toby was doing a good job on DeRozan in the last minute. Was, he stopped him once, and then he got He didn't draw he charge, did he? <laughs> no, he still has not. He, okay, he, he, got, he got bit for the uh, the pump fake by DeMar DeRozan and sort of jumped up straight into the air. I thought they weren't calling those anymore where uh, an offensive player uses his body to propel himself <laughs> forward, but they challenged it. Uh, and it still didn't get uh, – it got overturned there. It was, a, it was a weird play there. Everybody knows you can't touch knees, Tass. <laughs> oh, yeah, knees. Yeah. Tobias Harris's knees clearly went into DeRozan's <laughs> knees. So <laughs> obvious foul called. Also, Tobias Harris at one point blocked DeRozan's shot yep. but then fumbled it out of bounds. So there was a couple of little plays that just <laughs> kind of went the Bulls' way in this one. That's how you get a dub. Yeah, I love this uh, this line from uh, Ziller this morning because Kobe White with a 24-9-8, and and he is on a great run here. Ziller wrote – Kobe White's not going to be an all-star, but he's going to get mentioned in sentences like, Kobe White's not going to be an all-star, which is an enormous step in the right direction for this team. It's very true. He's going to be a classic. What about this guy? What about this Just guy? Yeah. on the periphery of, hey, he's having a pretty good year here. Not going to make the all-star team. Probably shouldn't yet, but his name is now being included because he's playing that well. So he's an Aaron Aflalo all-star. Yeah. You get mentioned, but you're never actually going to make the game. Uh, They did have a graphic on the Bulls broadcast last night. Uh, Kobe White has the biggest jump in points per game this season because he's been on such – he's like plus eight points per game or something like that, uh, just ahead of Tyrese Maxey. uh, MIP baby. MIP baby. Yeah, okay. All right, I got the next pick here, uh, drafting from last night's games. Uh, Third pick overall, I will go with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Picking up their ninth win in ten games, rallying to to defeat the Miami Heat one twelve one oh eight. The NBA, their YouTube page, they blessed us this morning. They gave us the final six ten of this game. That was long. They usually give us like an exciting ending. Three minutes and change, you know, sometimes four minutes. They said, here's six minutes and ten seconds of very fun Wolves Heat basketball. I highly recommend you checking out this clip again on the uh, NBA YouTube page if you didn't watch the game because you're going to get some incredible defense from Rudy Gobert and Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Kyle Anderson. Like These guys all locking in, Anthony Edwards as well. And then Ant-Man, he just took over uh, this game. You know, He had a fast-break dunk led by a Rudy Gobert block. Some sweet lay-ins where he probably should have been going to the free throw line after the contact, and then a very tough turnaround jumper to like sort of win the game. He had 32 points, eight boards, five assists, and three steals. And Minnesota, after a very sort of lackluster first half, didn't look like they're like you know themselves with that number one defense in the league. Chris Finch got teed up right before the half. They were pissed, I think, in that locker room. They came out and they held the Heat to 42 points. In the second half. In today's NBA, 42 points, that is like nothing. They're now 20-5, and five, guys. Tied with the best record with the Celtics in the league. That's their best start in franchise history through 25 games. And the more I watch them, the more you're like, oh, yeah, this that's such a great, like, eight guys. You know, I know Troy Brown gets some minutes too. But it's like, really, to me, it's like this eight-guy lineup that they can, like, trust all these guys. Because you got Nas Reed, who didn't even have a great game, still chipped in 15. Just a fun win. And uh, 
Carlton Towns bullying Jimmy Butler a little bit in this yes, game. Indeed he did twice. Uh, yeah, so good win from the Wolves coming back. You know, you don't like to see them down that much, but it's an entertaining game this one. And Anthony Edwards finally got hot. He had a couple stanky games where the Wolves were, were able to win. Yeah. Um, but, you know, shooting four of 17, three of 19, we know that guy is better than that. And he has turned it on big time for a, a rival game. Yeah, they just, they just locked down on the heat in the second half. And obviously that's Rudy Gobert, but a big part of it is Carl Anthony Towns, I think, just playing with the national team, playing with the Dominican Republic this year, helped him lead Helped him be uh, efficient. He looks like a different guy, even as a... He really is the number two offensive guy, which is nice. Uh, he doesn't have to be a number one offensive guy where they give him the ball like when he was with the DR uh, this year, and he just had to create every time. He's just so damn efficient. He's grown. Yeah, I thought a uh, tough game for Bam to have to come back and play against Rudy Gobert. It seemed like Bam was kind of just guessing where his shots were going to come from, and when he actually had a look, it would be off, or he'd have to rely on a crazy roll. Yeah, at he one had point, a like, couple. He had a bounce, he like, throws his hands to the heavens, finally. Uh, but, I don't know, that's one of the, the things you notice about the Heat. It happened in the finals last year, they looked way tiny compared to the Denver Nuggets, and I kind of thought that was the case in the second half here uh, against Minnesota as well. Also got Tyler Hero back, he had a good first half kind of struggled in the second yeah. half before making a couple of baskets late. So the Heat, yeah, they, uh, they're they not great offensively. Uh, so getting Hero back will definitely help. I think having Lowry out there would have helped as well. Too much Josh Richardson in the fourth quarter. Uh, but a really nice win uh, for Minnesota. And, yeah, the Edwards takeover, that was nice. Oh, that was... bank shot off the glass, that was sick. Well, it's sort of cool because they get Rudy, Rudy, like, he did take over the game defensively because, bam, even the shots he was hitting, you're right, they were, like, bouncing off yeah. everywhere because Rudy's all over him. And then, uh, yeah, offensively, Anthony Edwards in this game sort of exploded, like you said, Tass. He'd had some sort of stinkers, but he was incredible. And, again, I just love, like, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. That guy chases guys around picks. You know, you can do that when you have Rudy back there. That's the, that's the truth. Kyle Anderson, I thought, really was a zone buster when the Heat went to that. They're always going to throw that at you from time to time. Picking his spots, he slows things down. Mike Conley, just the classic, like, vet point guard, you know. The Heat could have wished Kyle Lowry was doing that for them uh, probably a little bit more last night. But Miami, just to, like, zoom out, they're 15-12. and 12. They just got Hero back. Bam, I think that was his first game in December. Mm. He had missed a decent chunk of time. You know, no Lowry in that one, okay, but... They're going to be pretty happy with missing some of their best players for decent chunks here. Still above water, still obviously in the playoff picture. They get everybody healthy and go in and figure out their rotation a little bit more, and it tightens up. I, you know, They're still the Miami Heat, and no one's going to want to play them come playoff time. They're ahead of last year's pace. Yeah. Even though they're seventh, they're eighth last year. Yeah, it's uh, a team that will play hard eventually. The Jimmy Butler three to, to try and tie it. He looked like he was just a little off balance. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's never off balance, so I was a little surprised by that. But it was a Kyle Anderson defense. That big dude did have his hand in Jimmy Butler's face, so it was a tough make. I I love those uh, Wolves throwbacks, too. I love how those pop. They look, good. they look really good. They look cool on Ant, and even Carl and Rudy even <laughs> looks great in these things. Those are good jerseys, man. All right, let's go, uh, let's go another round here, Tass. Fourth pick overall. Cavs-Rockets was an OT game. You may say, why do you got to talk about the Cavs and Rockets? Come on, yeah, this is a fine game, but there are other good games. I'll tell you, this was a game. It was fun from the get-go. We even had a hack at Tristan Thompson effect. <laughs> oh, they, were, yeah. they, were, they were hacking Tristan Thompson. I liked Isaac Coro. 
tied for the most assists on his game. Sam Merrill was diving for the ball. Sam Merrill, Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last pick in 2020. (laughs) And your team has to dive and play hard when a guy like Darius Garland, broken jaw, is out and was playing a quarter with a broken jaw. He was spitting blood after the game, apparently, in his last game. So you got to play hard. It's Sam Merrill. That man had a career-high 19 points, couple buckets in OT, and his old Utah friend, actually, Donovan Mitchell, never played with him in Utah, but apparently played against them because Sam Merrill, born in Utah High School in Utah, went to Utah State. Uh, Donovan Mitchell said, this is what Sam does. This is who he is. I've been playing pickup games against him since he was at Utah State, and I was with the Jazz. <laughs> when hard work meets opportunity, it's a beautiful thing to see. This is what they're going to have to do without Mobley and Garland for Probably two months. It's probably going to last till February. We don't have those two guys. You're going to have to have just hard work, hard, effective uh, moves by Sam Merrill, guys like that, diving on the floor. He had five big threes. Uh, And Isaac Okoro, again, he's going to be asked to be a playmaker. With The the Rockets, when they weren't hacking Tristan Thompson, they were taking the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands when he had a great night, 37. Other guys like Isaac Okoro have to create. It's not really his thing. But he did that on this night. Six assists uh, was huge for them. They're two and zero since these two big injuries. You know they're not yeah. huge wins, um, but the Rockets and the Hawks, if they can beat those types of guys, they're obviously going to grow. You know within this locker room within their team. So it was a good good win for them. It helps quiet headlines like you see on ESPN where it says, is it the right time for the Cavaliers to trade Donovan Mitchell, right? <laughs> Getting those wins, despite the injuries, you know. You know, we were touching on it yesterday. Other podcasts were talking about it. So if you want to quiet all that stuff, you you just rack together some quality wins. Donovan Mitchell plays well, and that sort of starts to dissipate, at least until you get closer to the trade deadline. Um, but, yeah, good victory. Fun overtime game. A lot mm-hmm. of points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was, like, checking the defensive ratings for both of these teams, thinking they're both supposed to be defensive teams. The Rockets... They're second in defense, uh, I think, right now. Yeah. Maybe I just mm-hmm. Second or third? That. No, you're right. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. And then the Cavs, you know, are supposed to be good at defense. They kind of struggled this year. But uh, Mitchell has really put the team on his back. I think these last couple of games, 37 last night, set a career high with 13 assists in the previous uh, win against the Hawks. Uh, also in a no defense game. But uh, mm-hmm. you'll take the win. Uh, what do free throws do, though? Win games. Shangun. One for two at the line. Tied it at the end of the fourth quarter. Had a dub there, though, if he uh, knocks them both down. It's true. All right, Trey, fifth pick overall. Lots of games still left. Nikola Jokic had his third triple single of the season last night, (laughs) and the Nuggets still crushed the Mavericks. Eight points, nine rebounds, seven assists, and no fourth quarter minutes uh, for the Joker. It didn't matter because the Nuggets bench was pretty special. Last night, they outscored uh, the Mavericks 62-34. to They had four reserves in double digits, led by Reggie Jackson. 20 points. This guy is good now. Like Reggie Jackson, out of the rotation for the Clippers <laughs> last season. They trade him to the Nuggets. He's kind of barely around. Plays a tiny little bit in the finals, but... I guess a summer of watching Nikola Jokic partying with horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Built that chemistry because he looks good now. Uh, Murray was pretty special as well. It seemed like any time they needed to get a good shot, the Murray-Jokic two-man game generated a good look. It just wasn't Jokic scoring. There was definitely an athleticism advantage, I thought, as well for Denver last night. They outscored uh, the Nug- uh, the Mavericks 32-11 to in fast break points, and that probably is understating things as well. Denver was just in transition the entire night. Outside of Luka, 22 points in the second quarter. 
Dallas didn't really make this one uh, competitive, and then the bench just looked incredible uh, for Denver, which has been a question mark this season. Will they be able to develop a bench with mostly young guys and Reggie Jackson? Uh, the answer for last night, at least, was yes. Zeke Naji was running wild. Yeah, and Reggie Jackson, as you said, they got... You know, a lot of headlines. Will this team be able to do what they did last year without Bruce Brown and without Jeff Green? Reggie Jackson looks incredible. He looks really, really, really good. And uh, Nikola Jokic didn't have to do anything yesterday. You know, <laughs> the, the all singles, uh, that, that just means that Aaron Gordon is also stepping up. He also enjoyed the horses with Nikola Jokic <laughs> in the offseason. Uh, but he looked bad for a huge start to this season shooting 22 percent from three but I think somehow this Nikola Jokic got a little cold had a couple very bad nights kind of woke up Aaron Gordon and he looks entirely different um but also when you get a poopy poopy game from the Mavs they had two guys in double digits that's it I was gonna say nobody else helped Uh -uh. Luca last night no No. there's no Kyrie I mean, I'm sure he would have helped in the scoring department, but yeah, like... No Derek Lively either. That was a big problem. And no Lively, yeah, we know how important he is. Um, yeah, just nobody really contributing besides, you know, Dante Exum had a good game, but still only finished with 11 points and everybody else. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. couldn't hit a three. Grant Williams, nothing from him. Derek Jones Jr., you know, goes on and on and on. So, yeah, just Luca versus the Nuggets there last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, it was okay uh, in the second quarter, but, you know, they played three other quarters. But Tim Hardaway Jr. did pass his dad on the all-time three-pointers made list. So that's cool. He's got that on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Good stuff. All right, the final pick goes to me. I'm going to take the Knicks overcoming LeBron's triple-double to uh, hold off the Lakers 114-109. Before we touch on the game, a few random things. Before they tipped off, the Lakers honored their title in the inaugural NBA in-season tournament. We got a new black and gold, sort of a medieval-shaped banner there that's very different from their other championship banners. We had a five-minute ceremony about 20 minutes prior to the game. We had players and fans just sort of cheering politely, like almost like a little little golf clap there as, as it was unveiled beside the Minneapolis championship banners. That's where they've put this thing. Not with the LA big gold championship banners. What did you think of uh, the actual design on this thing? And there is room to put more, you know, years <laughs> on it if you I, want. I didn't realize there's a medieval shaped banner, but it's entirely <laughs> true. <laughs> medieval uh, shape. Yeah, you know, it could be a... A Game of Thrones type yeah, rows of types. banners. Sure. Get Welcome to medieval shapes. <laughs> uh, yeah, they got more championships than the Celtics now, so that's cool. Oh, jeez. It's interesting. It was all very subdued, though, it this, was. Uh, this whatever ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's what I didn't like. The lights looked crazy that they were shining on yeah. this thing. It was like multiple strobe lights. That was weird to me. And then you're right. It was like... Light, polite clapping in the crowd. <laughs> but the music they were playing was like so crazy, triumphant, like choral <laughs> the whole time. That was a little extreme to me. The contrast between the music that we were hearing and then like seeing LeBron like, yeah, hey, yeah, we did it, we did it. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but great banner. Way to put it there with the other ones from way back when that you can't really call it into question now, right? You're like, sorry, it's history. Yeah. It's officially history, but now they got to win another one because it'll look sad if they just got the 2020. Just with all the, all the the room space, on it. Yeah, where's the rest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, 
In-season tournament, huge label on there. What if they change the name? I know. I thought that what too. What do you do? Well, they change the banner to NBA Cup or something. Yeah, and they've, and they've got so much space for additional years on there as well. I, I we'll see. Know. We'll have to see. Uh, also, we had a massive dog sitting courtside at this game. <laughs> okay? I'm sure you saw the photos going around. It's Brody the Golden Doodle. He's extremely internet famous. First time I'd ever heard of him, but uh, this dog has like over 6 million TikTok followers and what? I think yep yep dog earns uh the dog earns a million dollars a year in branding deals he's just a big dog and I mean he's cute don't get me wrong but um what's DWS I don't know what's all that about <laughs> it looks like <laughs> gifts for everybody sitting courtside <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that dog's too big to be sitting courtside Fair, right? Fair, well, man. It is. Where was the seat? Did, did the dog have well, its own seat? Well, at one seat? point, the owner, I want to say the guy's name's Cliff, uh, <laughs> which almost sounds more like a dog's name than Brody, if I'm thinking about it. But anyway, uh, Cliff had Brody up on his lap, and he was having him dance. It was pretty funny. Good boy. But uh, then, then he was sitting between his legs. Oh, yeah. Are you asking, did the dog have his own seat? Yeah. I want to know. He did not. Good. That dog got a That dog is huge. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't think he did, at least. Golden doodles are nice, though. <laughs> Hypoallergenic. Hypoallergenic. They don't shed. I, uh... and, and they're very nice. I actually was driving by a, an animal hospital. There was a van full of them. As, and they're like eight-week golden doodles, so they're oh, tiny. Oh, God. And uh, they were on sale for two grand each. So we went and oh. held them. Uh, there's 19 dogs, so they would have made a quick 38 grand Jesus. as people tried to. Oh designer dogs, God, man. Come designer on. dogs. Yeah, They're designer dogs. They're nice. Off the dog. Like could... Out of the back of a van? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where they had, that's where they had them the in river? a cage. That's where they were sharing each other's relationships. Uh, they got to know each other. <laughs> um, but they grow to be such a huge dog. Well, Brody's yeah. massive, man. Um <laughs> I, f- I fell down like a weird <laughs> rabbit hole, dog hole, whatever dog you want to call it, foxhole. Um, his only fears. I read an article about this dog. Can you guess Brody the Golden Doodle's only two fears? I think one you can get. I think it's a fairly classic dog fear. It's it's a f- not a fear for my dog Luna, Fire- but fireworks. No, but, but good one. But you're on the you're on the right path. A Mo- knock at the door. No, but think inside the house. What's something that when you pull it out every once in a while does make a lot of noise? Blender, dishwasher. No, no, but cleaning. It's got to do with uh, vacuum. Vacuum. Okay. vacuum. Okay. Yeah. Brody doesn't like vacuum cleaners, <laughs> and not a fan of plastic garbage bags in the wind. <laughs> Don't show this dog American beauty. <laughs> Don't show anyone that. <laughs> okay, to the game. Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, fresh off their winners of the NBA weekend. Uh, they balled out again. Brunson scored 11 of his 29 in the fourth quarter, some big threes. And Randle, 27 points, 14 boards. He probably hit the biggest shot of the night with like 3.30 to go. Rattled home a three-pointer. It wasn't the prettiest three-point shot you're ever going to see. That thing uh, hit a bunch of the rim, a little bit of the backboard, but it drops. I mean, AD did the whole, like, oh, my God, come on, man. But the, the Lakers had cut the Knicks lead to four when he hit that, so that was a big shot. But both of these guys played really well. And the other story from this, besides banners and dogs, Knicks starting center Jericho Sims, he sprained his ankle on the opening tip. Fought through it, played through it a little bit, but after three minutes and a couple quick fouls, got removed from the game and never returned. That meant it was Isaiah, Hart- Isaiah Hartenstein stepping up. Nine points, 
17 rebounds. He played almost 40 minutes. They had to play Taj Gibson. Yeah, I saw. They had no other bigs. Oh, I saw. Uh, and he did a great <laughs> job, honestly, like inside, banging with AD. Like I said, 17 boards. The Knicks out-rebounded the Lakers, 52-41. to 41. So Hartenstein there was a good, good game because, uh, yeah, no Mitchell Robinson, of course, and then Sims was out. So it was all him and a little bit of Taj. Yeah, I saw pregame. Uh, Tibbs said, I'll play him 20 straight minutes. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the goofy mean, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, but Hardenstein's on his way to becoming a Tibbs guy. Like oh, He's going to be time. getting contracts for years and years at this point. He might be the next Taj Gibson. It's like, hey, everybody else is hurt. Fine, you're going 48, and he'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Quickly, a nice game, too. Uh, yes. 20 points off the bench for him. He's kind of been... Not as big of a part of the rotation for the Knicks this season. Uh, hasn't really gotten to a rhythm, I don't think, yet this year, but he was nice last night. Good win here from the Knicks, especially because LeBron, like, he started to do that whole thing when it got to the fourth corner. He's like, okay, here we go. And LeBron sort of activates. I think he uh, scored or assisted on 15 of the Lakers' first 19 points in that quarter. But again, they got very close, but uh, Brunson, Randall quickly did enough to hold them at bay. Like the Pacers, who went to the in-season tournament final, uh, the Lakers... Struggling a little bit since their appearance. Teams get up for these teams. They're one and three since the tournament. I can't say this during an ad read, but are you saying there's an in-season tournament hangover? <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? Why can't you say hangover? I, I just read the copy test. It happens. Don't get me in trouble. You're in Las Vegas as the... Pacers and Lakers were, you might be hungover. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Uh, that's teams, very true. teams definitely get up for the Lakers. And uh, I, I mentioned Porzingis, Horford, Embiid, Middleton as guys that sit out. Anthony Davis did sit out a game against the San Antonio Spurs, so that's part of why they lost. They they did sit a couple of guys, but Hartenstein just wanted to play against the Lakers. That's why he played so awesome. He got up to play against them. That's a, a great performance, almost 40 minutes again, as we, as we said there. Nine and seven, nine. 17, a couple steals, a couple blocks, big. Really weird, I don't have it in front of me here, but really weird um, West Coast trip here for the Knicks. Like, uh, in terms of, like, who they're winning against and then who yeah. they're losing against. Did they, they lost to the Jazz. Uh, yeah, smoke. Uh, they, they lost to the Jazz, got smoked by the Clippers. Right. Beat the Suns, beat the Lakers. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so, uh, just a strange one. Sort of the uh, Knicks season there, maybe in a nutshell. Okay, well, those are the six games we're drafting. I know we had to leave five on the board. You got uh, a biggest snub? Uh, <laughs> biggest snub? <laughs> Can't believe dropped to the fourth Okay, round. I'll give you a biggest I mean, snub. From uh, the how, about, how about Hawks-Pistons? I know. for the yeah. Kate Cunningham had a great game, he did. and it was close. Only a single-digit loss yeah, for the Pistons. They lost by six in the end, 130-124. Yeah, Cade with a 43 career high. Yeah, uh, 24 now straight losses for the Pistons. Yeah. That's a story right there. <laughs> Should be a bigger deal in the sports world, if you're asking me. <laughs> um, well, you know, the Raptors, I could obviously play the homer card. Didn't let Miles Bridges across the border. <laughs> Denied him access. And, uh, you know, Scotty and Siakam had really good games. But otherwise, no. I think we got the top six. I think yeah, so. I think so, too. I mean, yeah, Sacramento killed the Wizards. Utah killed the Nets. That's a really quality win for them. And um, that's about it. OKC. Ooh, Shay. Chet. <laughs> <laughs> 15 blocks Names. in two games? Wow. that's I, yeah. I was actually just thinking of the uh, SGA stop on a goddamn dime on Jaron Jackson Jr., Oh, <laughs> he just oh, went that running. That guy game. just stops immediately. <laughs> it's the jumper. Yeah, they uh, they dominated. John Morant returns tonight for the Grizzlies. They need him. They that do, need some, they do need some offense on that team, for sure. Uh, all right, let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, we'll make some uh, 
all-star picks, at least when it comes to the starters. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, that A block was a, I think you should leave style there. That was a chunky one. Big guy. Holy moly. But that's all right. We got some other things to talk about here. Hit the like button, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating and review. NBA All-Star voting starts today. And I know what you're thinking. Skeets, are there three for one days where my vote counts for three times the amount? You bet your ass there are. There's six of them. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing. Do they kick they it do. off with a three for no, one? No, they don't. It's the first one's on Christmas. Ah, yeah. ah yes, yeah. yes, of course, of yes, course. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, we <laughs> thought it'd be fun to uh, make some early picks for our 10 NBA All-Star Game starters. Now, your full ballot, it does compromise. Compromise comprises of three front court players and two guards in each conference. I had to like remind myself this is how we do this. That we still do guards and front court players at least for the All-Star game. Okay. Yep. Just wanted to remind you guys that and fans will account for 50% of the vote. Current players, media panel, they're 25% each. But the fans have a lot of power here. So, let's get to uh let's get to some picks here. Who wants to get a start? Let's start in the Eastern Conference. Who do you got as your five guys on your ballot? Right now, again, three front court, two guards. Right, conferences. I forgot about that. I just went. <laughs> oh, I just went. On. I want ten. I want ten starters. They've always done conferences. They've though. always done. Always yeah, done but, this. But then they get down there and then they just vote for guys. I mean, not they. They, they just pick guys. I should say. Not this by season. The We're going back. Classic style. We're going style. back. Yeah, not me. <laughs> I guess uh, not. I don't like it. Okay. Well, I, I so mean, hold on. You don't have five. You've just went. Yeah. Well, obviously, Embiid's there. Obviously, Giannis is there. Yes. Obviously, Halliburton is there. Okay, okay. Uh, And Tatum needs to be respected. 100%. The fifth one is the question. Uh, Can I I jump in here? Do you agree with uh, those four? Okay. Yes. I think uh, the Eastern Conference front court is the easiest positions to pick, and I think that those are going to be the starters in the Eastern Conference until – one of those three gets hurt, or one of them leaves the conference. Yanis Embiid and Tatum. Yes. yes. Yeah. Lock yes. them in. Yes. Yeah. I agree. The backcourt, Hallie should get there, although he slowed down a little bit. But uh, Halliburton should be there. Who's going to join him? Is it Maxi or is it Brunson for me? Uh, or or Damian Lillard? Possibility? Yeah. It, definitely possible. Yeah. His numbers are there. Those were the three I had it down to. Yeah. So if you send Maxi or you send uh, Damian Lillard, you're sending a teammate. You could send Brunson just because he's kicking butt and be the only New York Nick who's going to make it. Um, but Maxie's got to get there. So I'll take Maxie. Okay. Although I do think Brunson will make his first All-Star game here. Okay. This is your ballot, man. Go with whoever you want. Who'd you go with? I also think it's Tyrese time. A Maxie and Halliburton backcourt. <laughs> Good for me. Though I do think uh, when the time comes, it will be Damian Lillard getting the start. 
Yeah, probably. The honorary start. That guy never got a chance to start when he played in the Western Conference because he was behind so many great guards. Who? Oh, yeah. That's a good I think that's point. true, right? Did he not start? Yeah, I mean, Probably Curry not. a lot. Curry Luka. was locked in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Luca. Luca. Um, when you look at the numbers between Maxi, Dame, and Brunson, they're really similar. Like, really, really close in just terms of, like, your box score, sort of like 26 points a game type numbers, you know, seven and four-ish when you're looking at a lot of these guys. Some of them you're rounding up. Some of them you're rounding down a little bit. Brunson. I didn't realize he's shooting 46% from three. Holy moly, mm. that is damn good. Man, there's a case to be made. It should be Brunson over those two guys. I like that. I didn't really – I sort of probably had him third until I started, like, looking at it going, whoa. He's had some heaters here recently with the 50-point game, obviously bumping up some of that. Can't go wrong with any of those three. I'm with you, Trey. It probably will be Dame. I mean, the fan vote. Like, look, we got angry with Knicks fans last year saying you got to vote for Brunson. Yeah. You got to get this guy higher on this list. He's got way way low numbers, uh, especially in a big market like New York. So, hopefully they come out in droves, but yeah, it'll probably be Dame. I think right now I'm with you guys. I'm going Maxi right now. 26-7 and 4 shooting 40% from deep. Great percentages. Obviously on one of the better teams. It's tough. It's tough, man. You can only pick 5. You can only pick 5 in the East, but you can pick 5 in the West. Who do you got there? Uh, do I get a times three pick as you get when you make? Uh, <laughs> no, me- no, no, it's not Christmas. No, no, thank you. But that's what might help Tyrese Maxey. His name is Tyrese. You might be voting for Halliburton and Maxey. <laughs> oh, Tyrese backcourt is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a good like call that, by maybe. Trey. Uh, we'll go to the West. Jokic has to be there. Uh, Shea Gilders, Alexander. I- I'm, I'm you know, jumping positions yeah. here. Uh, Luca will probably join Shea Gilders, Alexander, which would bump Steph Curry. I hate that. I hate that a lot. Doesn't help when your team's under 500. Yeah, it's not his fault. No, I'm um, just I mean, Curry will start once the fan vote. Yeah, it's the fan vote. For sure. Um, so, so probably Shea Curry, I suppose. Uh, Lucas has got to be there at some point. But, well, yeah, let's go Shea Curry in the backcourt. Uh, Frontcourt, Jokic. It's going to be LeBron, I got to say. He will be there. And then the, the fifth one, it's either – it's probably Durant for me. And, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, no Timberwolves player in your starting five. It's stinky, there. it Best is stinky. Team in the West, they're going to be stinky. upset. Yeah, it's tough to decide between Carl Anthony Towns. Ant has a case, uh, but there's so many great guards in the West, so it's much more difficult. I think it's an easier path for Cat, to be honest. Um, starting, I think they'll both make it. But who do you go with your five right now on your ballot in the West? I didn't even have Cat on my short list uh, for starting in the Western Conference. I think Jokic is really the only lock yeah. as a starter uh, for the front court. And then you're choosing two out of four players. Durant, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and I think Kawhi Leonard is making a case here. And by the time we get even closer, if he's playing the way he does now, you might have him there. For me right now, I would go Jokic, KD, and LeBron. Okay. Uh, and then in the backcourt, like I said, I think Curry and Luka will be the starters because of fan vote. But I would personally go for Shea Gilgis-Alexander uh, with the Thunder. And I put Luca in as my starter last night, but then I woke up this morning. I remembered Anthony Edwards was in takeover mode. And the Timberwolves are in first place in the Western Conference. So I'm going Shea and Ant as my starters right now. That's a fun backcourt there, too. <clears throat> I did sort of the opposite. Um, I went I went with Jokic. That's a no-brainer. I went Carl Anthony Towns. Um, he's averaging 22, 9.5, 3 assists. His shooting splits are 51, 42, and 90. This guy playing 25 games on the best team in the West. I wanted to, like, you know, give him a little love for that. Then I went LeBron. He's just at the point, like, a 19-time All-Star. <laughs> um, 
Is he any worse than he's been in the last couple of years? No. He's shooting like the best three-point percentage he's had since his Miami days. He's still elite. So he's my third starter in the front court. And then I went Luka and SGA. So I bumped Antoff. I went with Cat. I just thought it was an easier path to get him in there. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, you could have a sick second starting five in the West. You could have Anthony Davis, Kawhi, Durant. And then, yeah, you could have Anthony Edwards and Curry or Fox or Booker, Booker who missed some games. But, yeah, oh, man, it's a lot more, lot more difficult, it feels like, to uh, crack that starting five in the Western Conference. Especially at the guard position. Yeah, I the think guards. the guard position is the hardest position to yeah. make all-star at right now. All right, let's hear from everybody. Get your ballots. You can just go do this yourself. Do it on the NBA.com. Do it on the NBA app. Can't do it by Twitter anymore. Or X. Good. <laughs> yeah, probably good. Yeah. <laughs> I never believed that those were working right in the same, first place. Same, same. <laughs> and then you get a lot of the, like, um, Victor Wembanyama. He's a big Swifty. Hey, Swifty fans, come on out and vote for Victor <laughs> Wembanyama. It's like, what? Why don't we watch the games? Vote who you want to, I guess. But, like, all right. Anyway. Is he a big Swifty? I don't know. I think I oh. saw a tweet going around. Maybe it's a lie, though. It's not a Britney Spears fan, though. <laughs> no, we know that. <laughs> We know that. Uh, all right, next piece of news here from Shams. He tweeted yesterday, the NBA has delivered an invitation to Mac McClung to participate in the 24 All-Star Slam Dunk Contest. McClung has an opportunity to defend his title, put on a show last year. Uh, he is the reigning G League Player of the Month, but he hasn't played in the NBA this season. Um, what, do you, what do you think about him coming back Having not, let's say, of course, he does not make an NBA roster here leading up to the All Star game in Indianapolis. Do you think you're fine with this? You don't like it? The the guy barely played in the NBA last season. He played two games way after he won the dunk contest, but he saved the dunk contest. He put on a great show. It was a damn good show. Him and Trey Murphy got to the finals, but McClung was the guy that we'll always remember. I'll always remember that dunk contest. But he hasn't played a stinking game, so it feels a little cheaper. A little, <laughs> uh, so somebody's just got to sign him or bring him up, I should say. Play with the magic. You know, come hang out uh, a little bit. At the same time, it all depends who his second and third and fourth opponents are because he's a damn good dunker. Um, the only way he shouldn't be there is if that foursome is awesome, is fantastic, is great. That's the question. And it could be. It definitely could be with Shaden Sharp, with potentially John Morant. But he was so good last year, I got no problem with it in the end. Okay. You like the guy at least defending his uh, title, wanting to go in it. I think he told someone recently, I got a couple more dunks. Yeah, he's not done. Seen, he says. Got more hair, I noticed. <laughs> he does have more hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly looking. right. And at least he's in uh, the NBA ecosystem. Like, yeah. I don't know what a G League paycheck looks like, but there's a chance it's got an NBA logo on it. So I think it counts. Uh, and he was good <laughs> enough last year. Uh, but I also think he should, just like last season, get the honorary call-up to the NBA. Yeah. So he can wear an Orlando Magic jersey rather than an Osceola Magic jersey yeah. or something <laughs> like that. Or uh, what about, you tweeted about it, uh, the classic Craig Hodges. Way back in the it day, so cool. he should rock just a generic <laughs> NBA jersey. That I would love give to him see that. that. Yeah. Uh, but if you, win a cha- if you win one of these, you should have the opportunity yep. to defend it. Yep. Um, and I think it means a lot to him because there's a $100,000 prize for winning the dunk contest, and that's probably what he makes in the G League, something like that. Yeah, okay. Uh, I guess my only other question off of this is, is there you already, you already slipped in some names there, but anyone else you want to invite or you'd like to see 
try and battle this guy. I mean, there should be some NBA pride here if this G-Leaguer is going to try and win this thing. Who would you like to see in this dunk contest? Uh, Got to have a Thompson twin. Ooh, okay. I have, I'm guessing Asar, just because he has kind of established himself, probably gets an invite uh, to the Rising Stars game, but I bet they're both really good at dunking. Yeah. Um, I would also invite Shaden Sharp. He turned it down last I year know. because he didn't get the invite, but he's been playing pretty well. Uh, for the Blazers, so I think he should be in the mix because that guy can fly. Yep. Then my dark horse pick is Jaime Jaquez Jr. from the Miami Heat. You don't think of him as a leaper because wow. he looks like a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> but he was great in high school dunk contests. I think he had the third best vertical at the Combine this year, 39 inches, so he can get up. And he'll probably look cool with his hair flying around up there. Absolutely <laughs> would. Uh, I agree with Sharp. That's a no-brainer. Love to see him go in it and win it probably. Um Anthony Edwards would still be a big, big name to go in this thing. Probably unlikely. John Morant's fascinating. He returns tonight. Is it a part of his redemption tour? I said I would never go in this thing unless I was getting a million bucks. Well, I changed my mind. Uh, I'll try and uh, win some fans back. That would be awesome if he went in it. Probably very unlikely. I wouldn't even think the Grizzlies organization would want it, having only played, well, I guess he'll have played, what, two months by then? Two months. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's a decent amount. To get what star is signing up, though, to lose to a G League? I know. That's I know. the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's almost like this is bad in a way if you ever want to get the stars. <laughs> you got to be pretty confident in your dunking abilities yeah. to be the guy who's a specialist in dunking. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hear from everybody out there. Tweet at us, at No Dunk Sync. Let us know in the stream team YouTube comments. Who do you want to see battle Mac McClung? He has accepted the invitation, right? I think, I, so. I think it was a foregone conclusion. Okay, okay. I, well, yeah, I don't think he'd decline it and say, nah. It's like, nah. <laughs> no, he's got more dunks. He pulled out that uh, high school Gate City jersey last year. Yeah. That's his high school name. He's got plans. I, and he said last year when he walked off after that 540 dunk, it was nearly a 720 dunk, that he's got more dunks. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty sure he mm-hmm. does. I do want to see Shaden Sharp. Yes. That, that would yeah, be the yeah, good yeah. one, he too. He flies, man. Yeah. He's one of those rare dunkers, like, I don't even care. I don't need all, like, it's weird. I don't even need you to, like, do a 540 and go between your legs and do it. Like, it just looks cool. Just jump as high as you possibly can and dunk, and it looks, <laughs> it looks amazing. But hopefully he goes in it. All right, uh, a couple other pieces of news here, some trade rumor stuff. Uh, Sam Amick at The Athletic, he had a bunch of trade rumors in an article recently, and one of the things that jumped out was Zach Levine would be very amenable to a Kings trade. And so it got a lot of people working the trade machine and debating whether the Kings should be aggressive in going for a player like Zach Levine. What, what do you think? Well, Levine would be an upgrade uh, at their two guard, or I mean, I guess he's maybe a three on that team, depending on who they ship out. You know, he does a lot more with the ball than somebody like Kevin Herter does. He can play a bigger chunk of minutes than a guy like Malik Monk can, uh, I think. But also... The Kings run a system that's very, like, quick decision heavy. And I don't think that's necessarily Levine's strong suit. It would help getting another guy who puts pressure on the rim. Uh, I think he obviously is a good shooter. And maybe if you're a Kings fan, you'd be super hyped about this because Zach Levine has had incredible games against the Kings in the past. (laughs) It's the fifth most points of any team he averages against Sacramento. Also, you could say Sacramento, which I think is exciting. (laughs) Uh, But the big thing of this to me is that Rich Paul is on record saying, yeah, Zach Levine could maybe go back to the Bulls. We're not necessarily saying uh, he's getting traded. There's still a pathway back if he wanted to. 
I don't necessarily know if I think that's the case, but I also thought this was a little bit of a Rich Paul trying to drum up some more interest around the league, saying we're not just laser-focused on the Lakers yeah. here, even though everybody assumes uh, that's where Levine ultimately wants to end up. I think Levine would help the Kings. They played it pretty cool over the offseason, right? They opened a bunch of cap space, and then they just kind of used it to run things back. Harrison Barnes, he's not looking great uh, to start the season. So maybe they decided we shouldn't have punted on the offseason. Let's try mm-hmm. something here at this uh, transaction window. And for the Chicago Bulls, because they're playing so well, maybe if they don't get as much back for Zach Levine right here right now, it won't be as bad. Um, because what are they going to get back for him right now? I, I did. I, I fired up the trade machine with the Kings. Yes. And they have picks to offer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That would, I think, be the juiciest thing. As you said, he would take Kevin Herter's minutes. You know, I think Herter would come back in a trade. And Harrison Barnes and a pick or two, if you're asking uh, a bunch. That actually, that, that deal actually works. Herter, Barnes, picks. Um, so how many is is Chicago settling on? They are. That's an interesting team, the Sacramento Kings, because yeah, they had so much room. It looked like they were going to go after Kuzma. Was that was the mm-hmm. biggest rumor? Uh, uh, so they've somehow turned around their defense. They went to the playoffs last year against Golden State Warriors. They're an incredible offensive team, one of the best offenses ever, and not a great defense. But they've had a better defense. They've sort of become mediocre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Fox Levine backcourt that they would have, along with Keegan Murray, Demonte Sabonis in that starting lineup. It's better. It's better. It's a guy you could rely on. Uh, the Kings is, is interesting. I mean, the it's Lakers. It's such a risk. Like you can, like you can see why a team like Sacramento would do this move, especially if that was all really going in return. It's not a lot. Um, but then on the other hand, it's like you are locking into a lot of money to Zach Levine. Yeah, how does he play with the flow of this system um, defensively? Too, you're not great. You know, he's not amazing at that. Uh, I don't know. It's like I. It's like this to me is like the position when you're a team like the Sacramento Kings. You were good last year. You want to win playoff series. You have young, talented stars uh, in Fox and Sabonis and Keegan Murray on his way up. Um, so you're sort of like you're pushing in all the chips in a weird way. But man, I can come back to bite you in the ass too. For a player, depends how you feel about Zach Levine. Does he really? Does he make them instrumentally better? I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. I know. Yeah. And I'm the, not convinced he does. At the start of his Bulls run, he obviously isn't a great defensive player, but things were looking great at the beginning with the the Lonzo Ball life. I, I think just just it all depends on the team and the structure that comes that he comes to. And with Fox, Keegan Murray, and Sabonis that'd be playing with, I think he would be hungry and happy, mm-hmm. and everything would be would be solid. And like you said, if it's Barnes, Herter, and a pick, or yeah, maybe two, I'm sure they're going to be like, no, just one pick. Look at his contract. But, they already owe one to yeah, the Hawks as yeah. well, so they should not trade two picks for Zach right. Levine. But I do think the contract is probably less of a worry for a team like Sacramento that isn't a free agent sure. destination, right? Like, they're going to be expensive once Keegan Murray finally gets to his extension, but that's probably about the same time when Levine's contract is coming off the books. I don't know. It would be a risky move. Uh, And you only do it, I guess, if you're like, we're a piece away from winning a playoff series. Right, right, right. (laughs) I don't know. know. It's a little like trading for a Vucci, you know? Yeah. It's a little Vucci kind of move. Yeah. (laughs) A little Vucci. It is a little Vucci. This one stinks of Vucci, too. When we're looking at all the teams that Zach Levine could potentially go to, it's just all about the team that he goes. He's not necessarily taking an average team to a much better team. 
uh, he, he's got to go to a good team. He's got to go to a good lineup. And I think the Kings have that right now. I think they'd want Drummond back as well just for a little size because uh, they could use that um, in, in terms of when it comes to the I think the Bulls would be okay including him in a potential trade. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think you could get him thrown in. Yeah. <laughs> no problem there. Drummond is sweet, man. That guy's uh, funny to watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final piece of news here. Um, on Friday... Yahoo's Jake Fisher reported that the Jazz are leaving teams with the impression that Lowry Markkinen can be acquired in a trade, though it's unlikely a move will be made due to the team's high asking price. Then we had Kevin O'Connor yesterday. He had a big article on a bunch of things, and within it was the Markkinen talk, and he said, KOC, talking to other teams, the asking price seems to be five-ish firsts and or players of comparable value. That's what it would take for trader Danny Ainge to say, yeah, we'll trade you Lowry Markkinen. Um, what do you make of these Lowry Markkinen trade rumors and and uh, the idea that he could be moved, could be acquired from a team where he probably would fit with a lot of squads with what he brings to the table? Yeah, he can help with a little bit of rim protection. He's obviously got good size, being right at seven feet, and can shoot the ball as well. It's something that a lot of teams are looking for. Also still young. Has uh, Lowry Markkinen even 27 yet? No. I wouldn't think so. Not quite 26 and 211 days, if we're being specific. But if Danny Ainge is looking for five first-round picks, then I think Lowry Markkinen can buy a home in Utah because he ain't getting <laughs> traded for five yeah. first-round picks right. at this point. But you can understand why Ainge would want to do it. The Jazz have taken a step back since they traded all their veterans to the Lakers <laughs> uh, last year. Markkinen, though he's not even 27, he is older Uh than a Keontae George, than Walker Kessler, the guys who are probably going to be on the next really good uh, jazz team. So trading Markin ahead of time when you can get a lot more value, perhaps that's a smart move because he's probably not going to be a Utah jazz legend. Like he's not going to play 10 no, seasons no. for the jazz because Danny Ainge, as soon as somebody's good enough and the right offer is there, he will trade you. Um, so I saw Markkinen was talking to who? Sam Amick. Oh, over the, the Athletics saying how much he wants to stay in Utah because Will Hardy actually took the time to figure out how to yeah. use this guy uh, the way he should be used. The other thing I took away from this was that Sacramento and Atlanta are showing up in every single trade rumor. So somebody's making a move. Yeah. One of those two teams. Yeah. It's all about what Danny Ainge thinks that this team is going to become because – Right now, as they're constructed, if you don't think they're going to be all that good, then you trade Larry Markin in for hopefully a really great draft pick. You're not getting five. There is absolutely no chance. <laughs> no. But for a low draft pick, if you don't think what you've got in County George, Ochai Abaji, and the Walker Kessler run, then you trade him. Although I could see them keeping him around and being a good team. Last year, they were a solid team, 37 win team, even though they traded Michael. Conley and Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, those they just need blue guys. Uh, it's all about what comes back, though. I, I could understand him trading him, as, as Trey said. He is twenty six and two hundred eleven days. It is it is it is moving up in age. What do you think you're going to become right here, right now? You, you might want an incredible draft pick, but then it depends on which team you're trading him to, because you might not get a great draft pick if you're trading him to a solid team. You might want to trade him to somebody like the Pistons or right. you know somebody ideally that's going to finish first, second, third, or fourth worst. Well, KOC wrote that Lowry Markkinen's qualities seem to fit for virtually every team, and then KOC listed like eight teams where he could fit. He could be beside Bam Adebayo in Miami's front court. He could be a desperate influx of shooting to help Detroit's young cores and be like a star for them. He could replace Julius Randle in New York. 
That got me opening my eyeballs. He could fill open space in Golden State. He could operate the two-man game with Tyrese Halliburton. He could mix in with Houston's versatile core. He could thrive off the ball in New Orleans. Or he could uh, help complete Oklahoma City's core. KOC listed eight teams there. <laughs> I mean, that's a good chunk of the league. That Lowry Market, in theory, and it all makes sense. You could see them saying, oh, yeah, we could add him, and, and he could be a bit of a difference maker to whatever squad. But, yeah, if, if Danny's saying five-ish first-round picks, that means Danny wants... Three first-round picks. Even that feels like a lot. The guy was an all-star. He's like come back even here recently, and they do look like a better team when he plays. Mm -hmm. So you could see maybe a team uh, convincing themselves that, oh, he's the missing piece, Lowry Markkinen. Okay, Um, then get aggressive with your offer. I mean, OKC's got a million picks. Of course they could do it. They could easily make a move for him that I think would entice Danny, uh, Danny Ainge to do it. But I only wonder if this is a news story because of who the GM is for Utah. <laughs> and like, if it's any other team, it's probably not as big as deal because the guy's on record saying, yeah, anybody can be, tra- anybody can be traded. That's how I operate business. Oh, and Danny Ainge is in, is at least in the rumors for every single player that's ever available. Yeah. And then comes out after the trade deadline and tells you how close he was to trade. Right, right, right. So right. that'll probably be the same here. Okay. Uh, we got to take one more break, but when we come back, tweet of the night, looking at zones. Don't go anywhere. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply okay we're back here we gotta start wrapping up this bad boy let's get to tweet of the night mm, tweet of the night wow tweet uh, tweet of the night is from our good friend kirk goldsberry who always shares on twitter the leading scorers by zone and then he asks you what jumps out so here it is to everybody joining us on youtube the actual photo and I'll explain it just quickly for those listening to the podcast. Yeah, we got our leading scores by zone. He Kirk puts the photo of the player who scores the most per game uh, in the position on the floor. You know, Trey Young up top at the three-point line. You got Luka on that side wing. You got Tyrese on the other side. You got him beat around the free throw line. That all makes sense. And uh, a bunch of other people, including Jimmy Butler's <laughs> emo hair in the uh, sort of the dunker spot or uh, sort of baseline there on the one side. But anything that jumps out to you from uh, our leading scorers here early in the season? Jimmy's hair, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, seeing OG Ananobi in the corner. Yeah. Great spot for him right there. Um, but it is a little... I guess it's not that surprising that Jimmy hits it from that the old Russian spot in between <laughs> the free throw line and the three point line on the baseline. Yeah. I thought that was Kevin Durant's territory, and it is on the other side. Yeah, uh, Jimmy operates there, though. You're right. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich having a great season for the Hawks. My God. Yeah, he's from the corner. He's fourth in the league in threes right now. He gets them up like crazy, but unfortunately uh, for the Hawks, three of their best players. 
basically play the same position. Uh, so it's kind of tough to keep Bogdanovich out on the court alongside Trey Young and DeJounte Murray because it really hurts your defense. Uh, the other thing that sticks out to me is that it's pretty funny that Joel Embiid is the best guy at the free throw line and also shoots a ton of free yeah. throws, man. <laughs> like for the first, I don't know, five or six seasons of Joel Embiid's career, he was compared to Shaq, and he was compared to Hakeem Olajuwon, but as it turns out, his final form was Patrick Ewing, because this guy <laughs> is Mr. Midrange yeah. at this point, and it is so easy for him. Uh, just watching that Bulls game last night, and anytime Embiid wants to shoot a 15 to 18 footer, it's going to be there, and he'll shoot like, what, 57% or something like crazy uh, from <laughs> from midrange. The only other thing uh, of note to me was someone that wasn't on the graphic, uh, no SGA at the sort of free throw area. Maybe not where Embiid is, but on the corners there where Kyrie leads the one zone on the one side, Brandon Ingram on the other side. I feel like that's, uh, you know, SGA. You watch a Thunder game, the guy's like hitting jumpers left and right from those spots, but gets to the rim a lot as well, so maybe that's part of it. Obviously gets to the line too, but good stuff there from Kurt Goldsberry. I always love those. I like the work he puts into those fun little graphics. Though it always blows my mind that Kurt Goldsberry, he capitalizes every word in his tweet. <laughs> I don't know like why. A title, huh? Sort of like a title, yeah. Like this is a. I believe he's a professor, is he not? University of Texas, or at least he was. He's he's taught a class here. <laughs> I guess, yeah, we, yeah. but maybe he's going with uh, like a PowerPoint presentation. Like I guess you would maybe title it wow, like that. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real marrow. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Anyway, good stuff there, Kirk. Uh, Four games on tonight. John Morant's return. That's the first game on TNT. Grizzlies at Pelicans. That's uh, intriguing. Celtics Warriors is the second game on TNT. Also got Spurs Bucks, Suns Blazers. We'll be back here tomorrow morning to break those down. We're probably going to hit the beach tomorrow, too, so get your uh, questions in. At NoDunksInc on Twitter. Leave them in the YouTube comments or email them in nodunksattheathletic.com. Do a little beach step in before we hit the holiday break. And on Friday, let's start pitching to this bad boy. It's a brand new edition of Squad, the show where we are the GMs and we do the drafting. And we got a fun one on Friday. We are drafting the worst Christmas ever. We're talking about the worst Christmas movies, songs, decorations, food, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Jerome joined us for this one. So a lot of fun. That's on Friday. Till then, or till tomorrow, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, I've got another request for Kirk Goldsbury. Uh, let us know how Shea Gilgis-Alexander has dropped his free throws per game by nearly three. It's a little surprising to me that it's dropped from 11 to nearly eight. What stat could you look up for that? What what information? Obviously, it's pretty easy, but you're going to come up with the fantastic insight as to what's happening there. I'm just a little surprised by that number. He's still good. Giving some homework to the professor. <laughs> Not that I need to. I'm, I think I just gave myself some homework, really. Turn about his fair play. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.